This is Chris. Welcome to episode 317 of X-Lapsed, where uh, we're uh, standing on the edge of tomorrow. Uh, we are uh, actually starting a whole new post-Reign of X era. And, uh, you know, before we get, uh, you know, knee-deep into this, just a little bit of uh, real talk here. Uh, I ain't feeling good. I'm feeling kind of sick. Uh, last night it hit me all at once. And uh, to be completely honest, I'm kind of seeing double right now. So, um, hopefully I don't repeat lines of my script, but I can't promise that I won't. Uh, there was no way I was going to miss today. Uh, I could have sat it out, but, I mean, I'm very, very excited to actually be moving forward with the show here. I feel like, and I've mentioned this before, uh, we've been treading water for a very long time. And finally, it appears that the shackles are off and we can actually move forward. So, uh, how about we get started? Today we kick off the Destiny of X era with... The X-Lives of Wolverine number 1, March 2002. And yes, I will be calling it the X-Lives. I'm not calling it 10 Lives. Uh, you know, I've done informal surveys, which is to say I've just, like, watched what people say <laughs> about the X equals 10 uh, deal here. And I find that, um, anecdotally, uh, people usually fall into one of two camps. Uh, the first camp is they're going to do whatever Marvel tells them to do. So if they say it's 10 Lives or House of 10 or Powers of 10, they're just going to say Powers of 10. The other half is the one that I'm a part of, where it's like, we saw Grant Morrison do it, and we were like, ah, that's clever. And then every subsequent time they did it, it's like, okay, we, we already got it. It's not clever anymore. It's not novel. It's It's been done. So I will be using X-Lives and X-Deaths. It's like, I'm not going to say Professor Charles Tenavier. You know, I'm not, I'm, it, it's X. Let's get into it. <laughs> Story's called Time to Live, written by Benjamin Percy, with art by Joshua Cassara. Colors Frank Martin, letters VCs Corey Petit, designs Tom Muller, head of X is none. No head of X. And I actually am quite vulgar in my script here. I say none MFR because I'm so happy that we don't have a head of X. Edits Baumgardner, Basso, White, Sobolski. Cover price $5.99. And this one went on sale January 19th of 2022. So uh, we're finally here. The reign of X, the reign of the head of X, they're behind us. It's a brand new day. And we didn't even need to make a deal with the devil to get it, uh, at least as far as I know. Anyway, I do want to pay a little bit of attention to the cover this time out, since, I mean, this might just be a historical look at the life and times of Wolverine here, and it might be worth mentioning, you know, some of the various iterations of Wolverine. And of course, I am talking about cover A, and not the other 11 covers that this book launched with. Uh, it's kind of sickening, isn't it? You know, um... <laughs> I, you know, me and my tangents, I hate going off topic, but uh, 
Well, let's go off topic. Uh, I've recently been trying to catch up on uh, recent Fantastic Four back issues. Uh, Fantastic Four is one of those series that I had, you know, every copy of or every issue of since the day I was born. And when Dan Slott took over, I stopped. I stopped reading it. I stopped collecting it. Uh, recently, I dipped back in with a, a couple of issues here and there and, and actually really liked it. So rather than just read them all on Marvel Unlimited like a normal human being, I decided to start hitting the back issue bins again and start uh, start pulling them just, you know, so I have them. I mean, I can read them anytime I want on Unlimited and, you know, various other ways, of course, but uh, I, I want to own them, you know, it's just part of my damage. So I'm dipping into the back issue bins here, and uh, not only are the bins absolutely positively crammed chock full with variant covers, but did you guys know that a lot of the variant covers don't even have the issue number on the cover? Like, you actually have to take it out of the bag and board and look at the back cover to see if they have, like, any, <laughs> any identification as to what issue this is supposed to be. Which, to me, as, you know, an old-school fan and collector, begs the question... How in the hell would a potentially new reader ever hope to start a comic book collection in this day and age? Oh yeah, they, they, they won't. <laughs> they wouldn't be expected to because, I mean, who buys comics anymore? But to me, it's just very, very uh, sickening and saddening that, um, yeah, and future generations aren't going to have the same experiences that we did. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was looking at some issues on the six-month wall at a local shop, and, uh, Instead of having covers, instead of having, you know, just like a, a pin-up cover, they have, like, pages out of the uh, Marvel, you know, the Ohatmus, the, um, the official Marvel handbooks. It doesn't even say what book you're looking at. Does it, is, it a, is it an issue of Amazing Spider-Man? Is it an issue of Daredevil? Who knows? Who cares? It's just, uh, it's just pathetic. So if you are part of the reason why we have all these variant covers, do me a favor, do us all a favor, and actually buy those variant covers and leave the real cover for, for the rest of us. If you, if you wouldn't mind, just do us that solid. We'd really, really appreciate it. Anyway, again, cover. Okay, we've got ten Wolverines here, and they're all tangled up in Omega Red coils. Now, front and center is our current-day Wolverine, our Krakoan uh, brown and tan. To his right is Weapon X. To his left is the you know skinny-winged mask Logan from his first appearance in Incredible Hulk. Just below is Patch. Down into his right is Wolverine in a, like, a generic soldier getup. Just like a, I don't know, generic soldier outfit. As we've seen in Li the Life of Wolverine Infinity comic, he's been in a lot of wars. So it's probably from one of those. Uh, now down into his left, we have Wolverine in his Team X gear. Now the next three are, I don't know, Wolverine as the village people. We've got a shirtless Logan in torn pants, a cowboy Logan, and a flannel-shirted Logan, probably the construction worker. Then at the very bottom, we got Wolverine in his gray and blacks from when he brought X-Force back as a covert ops team back, uh, what was that, like 2008, 2009-ish or so? The, uh, who was that? It was a writing team, Yost and, uh, Kyle? Kyle and Yost? Kyle and Yost? However you say that. So yeah, those are our ten Wolverines here. I figure that'll probably be... Uh, that might just uh, be our, like, triptych through this ten-part series. I wonder if we're going to get bits and pieces from each of these, uh, maybe some of them, maybe more of them. I guess we'll find out as we work our way through. So, we open with our hero looking at a busted analog watch while getting kind of precious on what time actually is. He says things like, if you look at a digital clock, the time that you're actually seeing is a moment that's already passed. 
which, you know, I guess Logan as a ninth grade philosopher is all well and good. I'm, I'm always there for it. Anyway, this bit of introspection and indulgence is interrupted by the arrival of Professor X, who informs our man that uh, it's time. From here, we go to our double-page spread of cred and uh, sorta kinda roll call. Uh, they've changed the design on the title pages since we're, you know, in a new era, uh, making the character head boxes much smaller. And they're not even boxes anymore. They're little hexagons. Uh, now, you might think that this would make it so everything could fit on, you know, one page, but no, no. So we got our hexagons, right? Uh, on the left side, we got a cluster of four, and uh, three of them actually have faces in them. We got Wolverine, Professor X, and Jean Grey. The uh, bottom one is shaded in, which might just be there for symmetry, or it might mean that they're, you know, keeping a character secret from us. Which, when the cover is full of Omega Red tentacles, uh, uh, mission accomplished, I don't know. On the other side of the page, and we're still on the title page here, uh, we've got nine more hexagons. we got a strand of five on the left and a strand of four on the right. Now, the only one with an image is the top left, and it's Logan. And there's a Roman numeral six after it, which... Are we... Hmm, we're not dealing with, like, Mora's six life, are we? I, I, are we done with her? Is she here? I, I don't know. On the right strand, uh, we everything is kind of uh, redacted, but we do have Roman numeral sevens there, so... I guess uh, your guess is as good as mine. And actually, I mean, I'm far behind, so you probably already know. Anyway, we resume our story, and we're at a mansion where Sharon Xavier is about to give birth to twins, which I'm pretty sure is a scene we've only ever seen, like, uh, like on panel one time before during the Nuff Said issue of New X-Men. And as I put together this script, I actually pulled up that issue on Unlimited so uh, I could jump back and forth as we discuss it. Now, while Sharon is... Dilating, uh, Brian Xavier heads out to the balcony to get some air. Once out there, he sees his gardener, Bowers, kind of skulking around the, uh, the premises. When he asks him what's up, old Bowers chucks a pair of hedge clippers at him. Then, Logan appears and tackles Brian out of the way, saving his life. Wolverine asks if Brian's got a gun, and if he does have a gun, go get the damn thing. We next get a better look at Bowers, who uh, has a flaming Omega symbol on his head and uh, has suddenly sprouted tentacles. From here, we scene shift back into the sort of kind of present, where Omega Red has entered the hatchery on Krakoa. He KOs gold balls, who would appear to be the only bit of security that this place has, which... I don't know about you, but that seems a little bit lax, doesn't it? Like, haven't we just had a whole bunch of, like, wonkiness at the hatchery? <laughs> like, we had Gabby come back, Wanda friggin' comes back, and Destiny's brought back? It's... you think there might be a little bit more security than gold balls. Anyway, Arcady is here to get a bit of information about his own recent resurrection. From here, we get an info page, and it's some emailed memos back and forth between Beast and the Five. If you recall, back in X-Force, I don't know, 15, 16, 17-ish? It was a while ago. Uh, Beast killed a captive Omega Red, and had him resurrected with a trackable version of his sea synth now, if you remember, Arcady was all tied up with the Vampire Nation and whatnot. Uh, it's, it was a weird story. Still is a weird story. Anyway, the memos that we see here are the five telling Beast that he's uh, an a-hole. And Beast responding by telling them just to do as he says. He says that uh, you guys are, are the chefs and I tell you what to cook, so you just cook what I tell you to cook. Do the damn thing, basically. And, I mean, that's all well and good. I mean, we know that uh, that Beast is above the law and all that stuff, so it does stand to reason. But I do have a question. Maybe a stupid question. But if X-Force is above Krakoan law, and are also quite the covert piece of business where the rank-and-file Krakoan 
isn't totally aware of what X-Force does, wouldn't you think that these emails might not be archived? <laughs> like, like, shouldn't they be burned off the servers just as soon as they're read? You know, it, I don't know. I, 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 you know, they weren't, clearly, and I suppose it's a, you know, a darn good thing they weren't because we wouldn't have a story otherwise. From here, we jump back to the long ago, where Sharon Xavier delivers the first of the twins, and it's the stillborn Cassandra. Now, from New X-Men number 121, we know that Charles actually murdered Cassandra in the womb. Now, this, uh, back in that story, caused Sharon to fall down a flight of stairs, which was probably, like, a more mundane way to explain the loss of a child than actually having to deal with the fact that one actually killed the other in the womb. Uh, It's worth noting that the scene in New X-Men 121 has the Xavier's in a far less ornate setting. Like, we don't see much of the place, but it doesn't look like the opulent palace-like mansion that we're seeing in X-Lives. Anyway, outside, Wolverine is still fighting with Omega Bowers. He pops his claws, and we see that they are strictly bone, so no adamantium just yet. Also, it might be worth noting that uh, this scene feels kind of like a period piece. Like, there's almost like a like a filter over the art here. It's like a, not, not quite sepia or sepia, however you say that, but uh, it feels older. Uh, so I gotta ask, like, what year is this? They don't, they don't mention a year, which is smart. And I mean, Marvel's sliding timescale is absolutely bonkers at best. But, you know, the feeling I get here, the tone, uh, it feels like we're like in the early 20th century. I could be wrong, but I mean, how old is Xavier supposed to be right now? Like 50-ish, maybe? If he is 50-ish, then this scene would be taking place in the late 60s, early 70s, and it definitely doesn't feel like that. This feels more like Xavier was in his, you know, 40s, 50s, back when he was first introduced, back in 1963, so this feels like 1910, 1920-ish. But again, there's no dates given here, and... uh, Ah, you guys know me, I don't know how to tell time anyway. So, back to the brouhaha here. We got a few panels of fighting before Bowers uh, suddenly goes back to normal. That Omega symbol on his forehead vanishes and the tentacles are gone, and he begs Wolverine not to hurt him. Just then, the Xavier Butler gets a touch of the Omega and starts firing a pistol at Brian. Now, the art here is a little bit unclear. It's either Sharon's midwife or Brian himself. Uh, They turn around and blow a great big hole in Jeeves' chest with a shotgun, so... That'll do him. From here, the midwife either returns to Sharon's side, or we just return to Sharon's bedside, where it's revealed that she now has the Omega Fever. The, the midwife, not Sharon. And so she begins choking Mama X out. Now, Brian catches the reflection of this in a window, which reveals that it's actually Omega Red himself choking out his expectant wife. And I mean, this is kept, like, purposely surreal, so I'm not exactly sure what anybody's actually seeing. This might just be for our benefit as the readers... Brian might actually be seeing Omega Red in the reflection. It really doesn't matter. It is what it is. Now, Brian gets tentacled, and Omega Midwife noinks the shotgun and conks B-Daddy over the head with it, KOing him good. Then, we get a full-page spread of Wolverine Kool-Aid manning his way into the room. Then, we shift back to the sorta kinda present. We're back on Krakoa, where Professor X and Jean Grey strap Logan into, um... the Animus from Assassin's Creed? The Quantum Leap Accelerator? Uh, It's one of the Cerebro Cradles, and we've actually seen a form of this scene play out in the pages, or that's not even really pages, but uh, in the Life of Wolverine Infinity comic. Now, we discussed the first four parts of that in recent X-Men Unlimited episodes, if you want to check those out. So, we got Wolverine, he's strapped in, and he sees a whole bunch of his history. 
many, many panels here. Uh, from left to right, let's, uh, let's go through them. We see Wolverine in his brown and tans battling the Silver Samurai, which might be a callback to the first time they tangled in Uncanny X-Men number 173 from uh, 1983. We see young James Howlett popping his claws, presumably for the first time, from Origin number 1 in 2001. We see a shot of a little baby crying, and uh, I guess it's probably a safe assumption that this little baby is James Howlett himself. We see a shirtless Logan versus Lady Deathstrike during a snowstorm, probably from like the early 200s of Uncanny X-Men. We got Logan as Weapon X from the Marvel Comics Presents serial. A badly burned Logan, um, with like half hamburger face, half bullet riddled face. Not exactly sure what this one's a reference to exactly. I feel like for a time, like Wolverine would get all hamburger faced almost every issue. (laughs) During like the early 90s, it just seemed to be what happened all the time. From here, we've got Wolverine pushing Professor X in his wheelchair. This one can be, you know, whenever. We've got Wolverine fighting the Hulk from Incredible Hulk 181. We got Logan marrying Mariko Yoshida from uh, Uncanny X-Men 172. We have Logan knelt in flames with a sword next to him. And, uh, well, we do know that he's been to hell a few times. Maybe this is a very recent callback to that time he and friggin' Solemn went uh, on a hunt for swords that they were never going to use. We get some generic uh, images of Wolverine fighting Sabretooth, Wolverine fighting Omega Red, and Wolverine spitting blood. Then we have Wolverine on that X-Cross from Uncanny X-Men 251. And finally, we have one shot of him just popping his claws. It's just his fist with the claws popped, but there are, like, like blobs of metal around his hand. So, at least they look like blobs of metal. So maybe this is a nod to Fatal Attractions, which you'd figure would be, like... One of those seminal moments in Wolverine's life that would get a bigger uh, bigger panel in this page, but I guess not. Anywho, back to the past, where Wolverine and Omega midwife fight while Sharon gives birth to Charles. Now, all the while, Omega Red is taunting Logan for going soft. Now, you see, Logan won't just kill the midwife because he knows that she's innocent. Now, Arcady posits that, uh, well, that probably wouldn't have stopped the old Logan, so he's definitely a changed man, and uh, I guess in Omega Red's opinion, changed for the worse. Now, the scene wraps up with Sharon Xavier pointing a shotgun at our hero while telling him to get the F out of her house. That doesn't bode well, does it? Scene shift, back to the present day, where Omega Red emerges from a Krakoan gateway in Moscow. Because, you know, of course, this is Ben Percy, and so there will be Russians. Now, the Russian military is standing guard at the uh, gateway, and uh, they're fairly confrontational at first, which, um, as you may imagine, uh, won't work out all that well for them. Now, Arcady demands an audience with Mikhail Rasputin, and so he's, like, immediately sucked into a blackened pocket reality for a chat. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Info page, and it's uh, dark web information from Sage's logbook. Now, it looks like Mikhail is trying to make it so Russia has two leaders, like a new Russia. So presumably, uh, they will have two leaders. One will be Putin, and one will be Rasputin? I don't know. Uh, he's also still data mining the Cerebro Sword, which, I mean, dude, get on with it. But, you know, if Sage knows all this, like, this is from Sage's own logbook, why haven't X-Force, you know, tried doing anything about it? Instead, we have a couple of issues of Wolverine surfing. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, back to the past. Sharon blasts Logan in the belly, which frees Omega Midwife, who then proceeds to strangle Mama X with the coils. Sharon drops uh, Charles in the the fracas here. Brian comes to and then lunges at Omega and then goes to gouge his, her eyes out. 
since this is, you know, a mega red and Brian Xavier is just some dude, he is summarily monkey flipped and smashed into the ground. Sharon then reaches out for the fallen baby X, who is just out of reach. Now Wolverine picks up the tot and severs the umbilical cord with his bone claw. The midwife then charges at Logan, who ducks, sending the baddie smashing through a window and falling a story to the ground below. And uh, she lands with a groan, like, ugh, so I, I guess she survived it. I'm going to assume that Arcady bugged out before impact. So all's good in the hood. We go to a, a full-page spread of Wolverine cradling baby Xavier. Then, since he's righted or wrong, it's time for Ziggy to smack some keys and quantum leap him the F out of there. Next thing we know, our hero is in his Team X costume, where he's just about to be pounced upon by Sabretooth. Jean Grey pops in as a Logan's version of Al. I mean, I mean, this is basically Quantum Leap here, right? Well, Quantum Leap mixed with Assassin's Creed mixed with Days of Future Past, anyway. Uh, she informs our hero that he's in Colombia, and he's some 25 miles away from where he needs to be in order to save Professor Xavier again. And that's where we leave it. Uh, next episode, we waste no time. We're hopping right into the ex-deaths of Wolverine, where I don't know if it's going to be a continuation of this or if it's going to be something more like uh, House of X, Powers of X, where it's just going to be a different story that's going to you know interweave its way in and everything will make sense at the end. But um, in either event, um, I can't wait to get there. Um, <laughs> this, is, uh, this story is one that... Um, you know, when I discussed the Life of Wolverine Infinity comic, I made a mistake in that I assumed that people were confused by it and assumed that it was the first issue of the X-Lives of Wolverine that uh, we looked at right now because I had heard rumblings that Marvel released this on Unlimited on release day. Like, so it, it hit the shelves for six bucks or you could read it for free on Marvel Unlimited if, you, if you're subscribed to Marvel Unlimited, of course. And since I don't dig too deep on news because I don't want to be spoiled, I just assume that people made the honest mistake that Life of Wolverine was X-Lives of Wolverine. But uh, in fact, they did release this one on Unlimited, so people got to read this uh, a few months before they would have otherwise if they are folks who wait for Marvel Unlimited to update. But the non-spoilery takeaway I heard about uh, this issue was pretty much that it was bat-spit-insane and... Uh, most people were very, very confused by it. And I have to agree. Uh, this is quite confusing. It is completely insane, but it's insane in all the right ways. I I can't impress upon you how much fun I had reading this story. It's just so bizarre. It's so confusing. Um, it's almost like we can... Uh, we can kind of sympathize or identify with Wolverine here just being dropped in these like little period pieces where... He's not quite sure where what's going on. We're not quite sure what's going on. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. It actually makes me ask some questions. It makes me look forward to the next issue, which in this day and age is kind of the highest praise you can give a comic book. You know, actually wanting to get to the next chapter. Actually wanting to, wanting to skip recording an episode so I can just continue reading on. That doesn't happen very often. And I think one of the strongest bits around this uh, storyline is that I can't call it. Now, of course, we've had many stories during our time here where, you know, we had questions, but we could always kind of theorize where we're headed on it. You know, even with things like Inferno, how we're going to solve Mora, we had theories. Things like The Crucible, things like, you know, just so many things. So many things that we could theorize on and play with and kind of just throw stuff at the wall and see 
what might stick, at least in the adult mind of a, of a fan. For this story, though, I have not the foggiest idea where we're headed, and uh, that's a good thing. I, I think, and I certainly can't speak for everybody because I'm, I'm generally speaking not a part of any conversations, but I was guessing that this was going to be like the Covert Mora series, you know, where there was there were those rumblings and rumors that uh, there was going to be the you know a, a, an exploration on Mora's Ten Lives, whether that be an ongoing comic, a miniseries, an event, one shot, whatever it was going to be. And for whatever reason, that didn't come to pass. So I assumed that this was going to be kind of the roundabout way of exploring Mora's lives here, but also putting Wolverine's name in the title so people actually buy the thing. <laughs> and uh, it at least right now, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I love the fact that this show is finally a part of the uh, of the guessing process here. We've been so far behind where, you know, all the all the theories that I would make or any any ideas that I'd put forward have, had already been answered for the most part. You know, I read I read Hoxpox well over a year after it hit the uh, shelves, so everybody knew how that was going to wind up, except for me. So. I'd have to guess that the listening experience for that was more like, wow, listen to this idiot and look at how wrong he is about everything. Whereas now, well, we're, we're all kind of blind. We, none of us know how this is going to wind up just yet. Uh, of course, I am a few issues behind, but uh, it's not over yet. So I'm guessing a lot of the questions have yet to be answered, and we really don't know what, uh, what we're going to get out the other side. i got to mention that uh, Joshua Kassar's art here is... Well, it's Joshua Kassar's art. It's very, very good. Um, really makes the event feel like an event. And uh, I really... Uh, I, I can't say that it's doing the heavy lifting because I am enjoying the story as well, but I think as a package, this is some uh, top-quality stuff. From, from writing to art, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, as mentioned, I can't wait to, uh, to continue this one. But I think that's where we'll leave it for now since... To be completely honest, I've recorded like the last 20 or so minutes of this um, <laughs> with my eyes closed because my head is pounding. And Lord only knows what my editing process is going to look like because I know I've stuttered and stopped. And uh, it's going to be a... Uh, <laughs> this is going to suck to edit, but uh, it's just a... Uh, hey, it's what we do on this show. Uh, we'll do mailbag uh, next episode, hopefully, if I'm if I'm feeling better. But um, I definitely wanted to put this episode out because I, I really couldn't wait to talk about this one. And, of course, I would love to hear your thoughts on it as well. Uh, I don't feel like stumbling through the contact information. It, it's all in the show notes <laughs> if you're interested. Uh, you know, history tells me that nobody is interested, but um, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope people want to reach out and talk about this one so we can... Make some theories together and just uh, enjoy the experience together. But I think uh, I think that's where I'll put a pin in it and prepare for the many hours of editing I'm about to uh, have to deal with. So I hope you enjoyed this issue and uh, this episode, and I want to thank you so much for choosing to join me for a little while today. And until next time, as always, I'll be talking to you again real soon. See ya! Oh